kiddos, and welcome to Dad Feeling, the podcast about fictional father figures and real-life dads with real feelings. Joining me this week is a guest who was on the ninth episode of this show, I think last on the ninth episode of the show, uh, when we talked about a very special mutant dad figure, Magneto from the X-Men books and media properties. Um, and that guest is, of course, LB Tufel, and they are rejoining me today because we are talking about another X-Men. And I don't mean to sort of pin- pigeonhole you as the X-Men opinions, thoughts have her, but I know you know a lot about them. Well, I mean, hunks are kind of my thing, right? Mm-hmm. And among, like, super hunks, X-Men are certainly my thing. And, like, there's so many good dad types in there it just makes sense x-men seems to be a lot about dad stuff i mean we talked about back in that magneto episode and that episode is still up for anyone who came on board the show uh since then that was august 2016 so that was a while ago we've been doing the show for almost two years congrats Um, thank you so many dads so so many, so many, almost a hundred, probably more if you consider that some episodes have a bunch. But uh, like back in the Magneto episode, we talked about Xavier as well. And Xavier is a pretty major character in the film that we are talking about today, which is 2017's Logan. Yeah. And also, I don't think we got a chance to talk about movie Xavier much in that episode because movie Xavier is actually a really good dad. And I talked a lot of shit about comics, Xavier. Um, but there's something Patrick Stewart brings so much warmth to that role. Oh my God. Right. That was something I thought a lot about actually, when I was watching Logan is actually fun fact that I neglected to tell you until we were recording. Um, I tried watching it and it was too sad and I turned it off. So I didn't finish it until last night. Well, I had cried all my tears today. Oh no. Okay. (laughs) Um, because, yeah, I had been meaning to watch it for a while, but I was like, I know this is going to fuck me up a little bit. So, like, I'm just going to watch some, I'm going to watch Paddington 2 before I watch it. Good call. Yeah, and it did. It did. It's, um, uh, I, if anyone had told me going into Logan or or at any point that there would be a beautiful X-Men movie. Uh, I would have been like, okay, <laughs> sure, yeah, X-Men Law Stand, where there's, I can't even remember the plot of that movie, other than, like, all I remember is that the Juggernaut was in it, and I'm pretty sure they made him quote the Juggernaut meme from, like, 2004. Yeah, that that happened, for sure. Uh, Law Stand is the one where they have a cure for being a mutant, and then uh, Magneto fucks up uh, Alcatraz Island, and then Cyclops gets killed, and I don't fucking know. That movie was a... Oh, yeah. yeah what is Magneto's thing with landmarks? Like, Statue of Liberty, uh, Alcatraz. He's just a very... And white the White House. He's a very, like, grandstanding kind of guy. He's a very dramatic yeah. boy. Um, he is not present in this no. film. One of the many mutants who is probably dead. Um, I don't think it's ever established that Magneto is definitely dead, but it's pretty clear that he probably is. Yeah. Along with most of the X-Men, because this film is set in, I believe, 2029. Mm-hmm. I think it's something like that. 
it's like near future in like kind of a grim ass world. And we see like some little insights into this world. And it's sort of just like an extension of like the past few years. Um, in ways, it seems very similar and maybe not as, as dystopic as it could be. Yeah. But definitely we see, you know, we see like Wolverine is uh, basically working as a chauffeur. And he's driving this limo around and we see some of his different clients. At one point, there's these like shithead boys who are like, like shouting USA as they're like driving across the border. Yeah, I love um, that. And you see like this, this militarized border scene, uh, which is like really fucked up. Yeah. Um, And there's like radio voices that are like, you know, like everyone's blind today because like global warming and poison water and all this stuff and it's like that is stuff that's going on today but you get the feeling that it's like worse because there's also the sense that everything is falling apart because also there are no new mutants um there have been no new mutants for kind of a long time um and wolverine has sort of like fallen into this depressive alcoholic pit um where his whole life is basically taking care of xavier out in the desert and keeping him drugged up because um, Xavier once it's sort of revealed as the film goes on that he had this brain attack that um, because he's a telepath ended up killing a bunch of people, including a bunch of the X. Yeah, I love that. And I love like one of the reasons why this is such a tough movie to watch, but also one of the reasons it's so good is that it's just about like watching your dad in decline. Yes, um, It's like, very early on in the film, we get this reverse role thing where in the the original X-Men trilogy, Xavier was very much trying to be this guiding, almost fatherly force to Logan, who is sort of this, the like loner kind of badass guy. And he's like, no, come be a part of our family and stuff. And um, And then in this film, Xavier is like totally, almost totally dependent yeah. on Logan, which is like a dynamic that happens a lot. Um, with older family members. Yes. Uh, it made me think a lot, actually, about when my dad's dad was getting older um, and how he just got kind of weirder and weirder as he got older. And he like that he and just like how sad, sad I remember my dad being every time my grandpa would do something like he would say something like kind of fucked up by accident. Um, and he'd just be like, he used to be so charming. He used to be so he would be so embarrassed if he could like understand what was happening. Um, so I, it feels like it, it, it feels like whoever made this, it feels very personal. Um, I feel like it does. It does. Yeah. And like, so we have this setup where everything from like the previous X-Men movies, like are is gone and they're sort of they've played with that before where they did the days of future past yeah. movie where like oh everyone's dead mostly except we're gonna go back in time and everything's fixed that doesn't get to happen in this movie yeah. no one's going back in time to fix anything stuff is fucked up and logan is basically just like slowly dying because his healing factor isn't working anymore as he gets older and so the adamantium inside of him is poisoning him um, and he's moving much more slowly, like in the original series and in the Wolverine movies, he's like this huge badass who like flips around and like stabs people in the eye. And like, he's just getting his ass kicked by like 
just normal dudes um until he like flips out and fights them off and even then he's like his healing is like barely working yeah like he's pushing he's like slowly pushing out his claws um it's like a really everyone is so ragged and run down it's great i also like one of the um one of the things that i always like remember from the x-men movies um even like the early like the super early ones where the effects are kind of shitty is the wolverine fight scenes and how cool they are because like he gets shot and then he immediately heals and the bullet pops out and you're like yeah uh-huh. look at this guy and and you're watching this and he's just getting so fucked up and so for somehow like him you're kind of expecting him to heal and i kept expecting like some healing to happen and it's still he's he's all like covered in all these crazy scars um it's i don't know i i really liked that i really liked that contrast um again of seeing you know it's another dad in decline situation it's just a totally you know two different kind of things instead of it being a a mental decline it's a physical one which is was cool to watch and sad really fucking sad (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And so like so Logan is basically just in the desert with Xavier and they have this other mutant named Prospero or no, named Caliban, yeah. which uh, the joke I was going to make there is that that makes uh Xavier Prospero. Yeah. Um and is that Caliban character from the comics? Yeah. Um he is very different in the comics. Um but they introduced this version in Apocalypse oh if you i don't know if you saw that one no i didn't is he basically because they give him some backstory in in this movie um is he like working for apocalypse or something or helping find mutants there's this really actually awesome part of apocalypse which is a mix a mixed bag of a movie um which is set in the 80s and they end up uh mystique ends up in this like european kind of new wave gothy vaguely gay um vibey like secret mutant club Mm -hmm. and you go to him to like track down other mutants and he is a very he's like he's much more kind of new wavy like queer coded in that Mm. which is different again different from the comics but i actually like better than the comics for this Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and so yeah you have xavier who's just sort of ranting about things uh when i think he first appears yeah you have this caliban character who yeah like i said like sort of paints xavier as prospero from the tempest Mm -hmm. and um and he's ranting about taco bell ads and then also he's like quoting martin luther or he's talking about like like basically luther and like like luther and ism god i'm sorry um but he's talking about how, like, oh, friends, your deeds won't save you. God knows you're imperfect. And it's like, oh, he's just talking about, like, early Protestantism. That's interesting. Um, I didn't catch that. That's great. Yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, he's basically just, like, drugged up because if he isn't, then he could have a brain attack again, which um, could potentially kill people. And we sort of start to see that happening a little bit. Um and then really the whole catalyst for this film is like this woman asks uh, Logan to take her and ostensibly her daughter across the Canadian border. And in, he's like, you know, he's play very much the reluctant hero in this film. Right. 
Um, and it is framed very much as a Western. Like the parallels are like hit home directly in the film because yeah. there's the point at which they're all watching the Western that it's kind of based on, which is called Shane. And, um, you know, Logan's like, I don't want to get involved. That's not my problem. He's basically just saving up to buy this boat that he and Xavier can go out on where like, you know, if they're on a boat in the middle of the ocean, Xavier's brain can't kill anyone. Um, and, uh, you know, he finally decides to do it because there's a lot of money involved, but then finds the girl's mother dead. Um, the girl is missing and she eventually tracks them down to their like desert home. And, uh, Xavier basically badgers him into, uh, into taking her. And so then we get this kind of road trippy sort of thing with this, like, three generations of mutants um, with Xavier, uh, Logan, and Laura, who's also called X-23, um, because we find out that she is this, like, experimental, like, uh, artificial mutant. Yeah. Right? She's, you know, cloned from some mutant's DNA. Who could it be? Some mutant. This, who could this feral, kind of, uh, uh, this feral yeah, clawed, could... <laughs> angry child? Who could, who could be her clone parent? Yeah. There's a moment that I, you know, before they make the reveal that like, oh, this is Wolverine, obviously. Um, there's the moment when, you know, the, the sort of the men are coming to get her. Um because they're the same people who killed this woman who turns out not to be her mother, but the nurse who was like in, in charge of these kids at this like secret hospital who eventually helped them escape. Um, and there's this moment where they're in the desert and like um, the girls like uh, has just like off screen, like disemboweled a bunch of guys yeah. and then walks out and like throws one of their heads at their feet and then starts like <laughs> flipping out and like, Logan, like, who thus far has been totally uninterested in her, like, kind of perks up. And, like, I think, at, like, that moment is meant to signify that he realizes, like, that they're, like, kin in some yeah, way. Yeah, there's a connection um, there. Yeah. And um, she doesn't speak most of the time. She's just sort of, like, sitting there. Um, she and Xavier communicate maybe telepathically. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, they go on this this big old trip. I love her. I think they did such a good job with her and that that kid who they got to play her like i i was like very pleasantly surprised um because i'm i can be very like fussy about stuff like that and especially like super violent children like do how to like the right way to play that and i i just loved her yeah i thought she was excellent and she kept making me cry which meant it was really the wrong time for me to do my nighttime skincare because <laughs> i lost uh, a fair amount of serum in the tracks oh, yeah, of my tears that, that shit's expensive <laughs> um yeah and so like they're basically on this trip and um logan is still really sour on the whole thing um he's like i don't care like whatever i guess we'll do it but i don't it's like none of my business it doesn't matter to me we'll get the money and then go buy the boat and um you know, one they, there's all these moments where, like, at one point they stop in this hotel or, like, in this casino hotel, and, like, Laura sees this, like, adult mannequin holding the hand of a child mannequin. Uh, and it's just up. like, yeah. Ugh. And um, and then she and Xavier watch that movie Shane. Mm -hmm. And that film is actually about 
this mysterious gunman who comes to town and like helps the people of that town drive off these um uh you know bad guys in the western and um he's admired by this this young boy joey and like wants to teach him about guns and stuff and like the boy's mom is like no he's not gonna have guns in his life and um Shane eventually beats the bad guys and leaves town and like Joey is sort of left shouting after him like Shane Shane come back um but he has to move on because he's the mysterious hero and that is kind of paralleled in the ending of this film yeah. very explicitly um and like other western stuff that kind of is is sort of hammers home the point that that's the genre of this movie is uh they there are a bunch of horses that get um escape from their um their truck thing on the road and they go help them yeah and they go uh charles uses his powers in like the only real nonviolent, uncontrolled way we've we've seen him use them in the film and he helps calm the horses down and then they're invited to dinner with this very nice family and this like in a nuclear like uh mom dad son and um, it's very, like, much this weird thing where they're pretending to be, like, oh, yeah, like, Logan's, like, oh, yeah, that's my pop. And, yeah, that's my my daughter. <laughs> and they're having dinner. Yeah. Sorry. I'm getting, like, I'm remembering the callback to that at the end of the movie. And I'm literally getting choked up again. It's a lot. It's, <laughs> like, spoilers because I feel like, um, should we just, I mean, people have probably seen Yeah, it. but spoilers, um, like, if you don't want to be spoiled on this movie, turn this off. You, I'm, yeah, like, pause thank it you. and go watch it. Thank you but, for being willing um, to listen to this episode about the movie you haven't seen that came out last year. <laughs> uh, but we're about to spoil I, yeah, it. I, yeah, and um, Can we, I, let's keep going chronologically, and then we'll we'll get to the, that stuff. Okay. Um, but basically... Yeah, Xavier realizes what happened. He realizes that he killed the X-Men and he's talking to Logan or thinks he is because it's not Logan. It's nope. a dark, it's like a clone, an animalistic, childish clone yeah. of Logan. The soulless clone. The, his dark double, his grim legacy. And, um, and of course, the family has to die at the hands of this character who is in many ways like in ways you could say is logan's fault um this character is called x24 yeah and is basically a child in like logan at his prime's body um like has like is nonverbal. um only listens to like this guy this doctor who he sees as his father kind yeah. of um and he murders the family and um murders xavier also and uh that was really a lot yeah it was rough <laughs> that's where i stopped watching the first time where i was like i can't yeah. deal with this like this is there have been too many deaths in this movie and it's, i don't you know this is not something i also was like trying to watch it like while i was eating dinner and that's not that's not what this is for this is to this is a not a multitasking movie no, not so much. Um, and there's a moment, you know, Logan has kind of been like in this self-destructive mode um, in the film's entire narrative. And there's a moment where it looks like he's going to die because um, the father of the family that they had dinner with, um, he 
before um, X-24 is going to kill Logan, um, he rams a truck into him yeah. and impales him and then fires a shotgun into his head like five times. Um, and then turns the shotgun on Wolverine or on Logan yeah. and, um, and pulls the trigger, but he's out of shells and then he dies. And it's like, oh, Wolverine, like he he can't die. He still can't die. And not because he's physically incapable of it, but he, because like fate won't let him. Yeah. And uh, the, he has to survive like he always does and bury another person who in this case is um, Xavier. And at that point, Laura holds his hand, like kind of mirroring the mannequins from earlier, which is just a lot. Yeah, it's so much. I'm like, I'm like trying to keep it together here. Um. Yeah. <laughs> and he's still like, he's still very pissed off and reluctant, like basically because I think he's starting to sort of like, he's like Xavier died because of this kid. And like, he ends up just like flying into a rage and trying to destroy his car, which won't run. Uh, and Laura steals a car and drives him to a clinic. <laughs> and he, she's then basically taking care of him. Yeah. And it's like really quickly come to mirror the Logan um, Xavier relationship with this parental like inversion of the child taking care of the parents. Yeah. And that she it takes him to the, yeah, the emergency clinic and the doctor's like lovely. Which yeah. I really liked, and he's all excited to meet a mutant. Um, and all, but also like, uh, Logan's shirt is off, and you can see because he's wearing like a tank top for a lot of it, so you can see all like the scars he has on his arms. But like his actual tor, his like shirtless torso, which I think this is the longest we've gone in any X Men Wolverine movie <laughs> uh, without seeing him shirtless. Yeah, but that torso is. Not the not the kind of shredded it usually is. It is shredded in a very literal sense that it is fucked up. There are like all yeah. the open wounds and it looks like at least, you know, I guess it's the claw marks from X24, but it looks like there's also older stuff. Like the way they did that, I, that you can see kind of all the layers of damage um, that, I don't know, I, that like that really stuck out. Because again, like the visual of him not healing really just like keeps sticking out for me in the movie um yeah yeah but also that laura like takes him to the like yeah this small town emergency clinic where the like with this that she's able to like either it's luck or you know the kind of like western motif of just like the small town with like a you know mm -hmm. a kindly small town the doctor sawbones. Yeah. yeah yeah like you know the doctor's all like lovely and stuff and um, is like yeah in this way where you it's it paints this picture of this world where like a lot of people have lived their lives without meeting a mutant mm -hmm. which is like very much in contrast to the earlier x-men movies where like they were becoming like more and more prevalent and like yeah. were just showing up everywhere um and uh yeah so then um you know laura's whole thing has been going to this eden place right and yeah, uh, Logan has these coordinates, but then um, it turns out that X-Men comics exist in this universe. Which I love. I loved that. Which is great. Um, it's not like a Watchmen situation where because there are real superheroes, pirate comics just became a thing. Yeah. There are just legit 
comics about X-Men. And um, in one of them, there's like this whole thing about this place called Eden for mutants. And that is where Laura's caretaker got the coordinates from. And he's just like, don't you get it? Like, this is made up. Um, she got it out of a comic book. Like, it's it's not real. Um, although maybe it is. Uh, because she, uh, you know, they both end up driving to this sort of watch out, watchtower lookout point where the rest of the kids who escaped are waiting for them. And, um, you know, they're, they're taking care of him and like helping him recover. And I love the point at which they trim his beard to make him look like classic Logan. Yeah, that was <laughs> like great. In his sleep. Cause he has this huge beard through the whole movie, which is a good look. But then like, they just, you see all these hands coming in frame and trimming his beard. And it's very much this very sweet, like kid prank on a dad of just like, I'm going to trim your, your weird beard that you have. Um, and they, then he does look like he almost has the classic kind of mutton chops. Yeah. I mean, it's also, it's such like, it's the first like regular kid thing we've yeah. seen from the, from like, I mean, we've just been introduced to the other kids, but Laura, aside from like kind of looking at mannequins longingly and being excited about an iPod and, you know, wanting to eat a bunch <laughs> of corn, um, hasn't done anything like, you know, really kid-like. And yeah. like her delight at this and all of them loving doing this just like feels so it's such a lovely moment. Um, and also thinking about like that they did. So they do have these X-Men comics and they're in this clinic, you know, this like military corporate clinic where they're being turned into human weapons. These co like the X-Men comics then would be their only exposure to what a family is. Yeah, I never thought about that. That's so true, though. And so trimming the curmudgeonly, you know, the beard of the curmudgeonly guy from the comic book who is curmudgeonly in real life and the comic <laughs> where people do, you know, people do stuff not, you know, not exactly like that to him in the comic, but there's that that uh, dynamic is definitely there. It's it's very rewarding um, as a fan of the comics and. Like, it's one of those things where you don't have to know anything about it to find it really, like, for it to be rewarding emotionally. But the more you know about it, the kind of more rewarding it is, which I always really, really appreciate in adaptations like this. Yeah, it's like a really good way of walking that line of um, honoring the source material while still making a film that's watchable. Because, like, I don't have exposure to a lot of X-Men stuff, and this was a perfectly good self-contained movie for me. Yeah. Um, and um, at, around this point, they have, like, basically the first real conversation where they're not just both yelling um, <laughs> that they've had in the entire film, which is uh, Logan is, like, freaking out in his sleep. And um, she's like, oh, you're having a nightmare. Or you had a nightmare. And he's like, yeah, I know. Like, do you? Do you have them? And she's like, yeah, like, people hurt me in my nightmares. And he's like, oh, mine are different because I hurt people in them. And, like, that's what he's afraid of, which is such, like, a, uh, I don't know, that contrast for me was so, like, obvious and, like, like telling of, like, the little girl is, like, afraid people are going to hurt him or hurt her. And, like, the grown man who has, like, survived all this stuff is, like, a, like has nightmares about hurting other people. Yeah. Um, and, uh, 
you know, she's like, well, I've hurt people too, which we've seen. <laughs> like, yeah, we've we seen have. her murder a couple dozen guys. <laughs> uh, and he's just like, you have to learn how to live with that. Um, and she's like, well, they're bad people. And he's like, it doesn't matter. Um, which is, again, a reference to shame. Yeah. Uh, where the main character talks about how killing someone changes you. Um, and it's something that you, you have to live with and you can't live it down. Um, and, uh, they're all right, getting ready to go up to across the border to, from North Dakota. And obviously the bad men catch up with them and, uh, it's real scary. Um, because they're like chasing these kids, like these grown men with robot hands and guns. They're like chasing these kids through this forest. Ugh. And uh yeah. And Logan Logan does something at this point which um throughout the whole movie there's sort of been this this weird like serum um, yeah that like I guess is like distilled from like they've sort of invented it somehow and it it makes people stronger but it also makes them like like unhinged and like animalistic and like Logan tells that like they're injecting him with it to help him heal better. And he's just like, no, don't give me too much. Like, don't give it to me because it makes you, like, go feral or crazy or whatever. And then, you know, immediately after he, when he realizes these kids are being chased, he willingly takes it and at that point basically turns back into, like, the Wolverine. Yeah. Um, for the for the last bit of the movie. Yeah, like a chemically induced berserker rage. Yeah. And, uh. He's like just killing dudes. He literally shields his daughter um with his body from bullets. Um and there's this confrontation then between Logan and the mercenary who is so unimportant that I can't remember his name. Robot <laughs> and, Hand? Uh, robot Doctor not Doctor. Um Colonel but, Robot Hand. Yeah. Colonel Robot Hand. A lot of people seem to have robot hands, and I don't really know why, but uh because it's the future. Yeah, it's a gritty future. And, uh, and Logan confronts the doctor who previously showed up to release X-24 on to kill him. And, um, you know, he's like, oh, I believe you knew my father in the Weapon X days. Like, the program that created Wolverine. And he's like, yeah, yeah I think I killed him. And it always comes back to dads. <laughs> like, <laughs> Logan killed dr rice's dad and then he shoots dr rice and uh, someone else in the, i think cyborg guy and uh then x24 is mad that logan killed his dad <laughs> it's There's dad's so all the dads. way down it's just as dad killings on dad killings <laughs> and um you know uh corporal robot hand is killed by these kids in like this beautiful act of oh, i revenge. love that um they just basically like pull him into the earth and like freeze him and electrocute him all at the same dope time powers yeah and uh those kids are so cute too i love those kids they're so good and um there's this big you know x24 is like going to berserk rage because uh the only like attachment that he had like he's basically like a child who sees bryce as like his father slash mother and yeah. um just saw him killed and is um taking the shit out of wolverine he's not even like a child and, child he's like an infant who can only yeah only exactly rage yeah he just yeah it's just totally um 
like pre-verbal, pre-rational, basically. Yeah. And um, of course, what happens is that earlier on, we had been introduced to this adamantium bullet that Logan carries around. And he says that he initially carried it as a reminder of who he is. And then he was carrying it around with the intention of um, of killing himself at some point. Right. Like because a normal bullet probably wouldn't do the job. It for sure wouldn't um, do the job. Because, I mean, yeah. not of... Uh... Not of breaking through the adamantium in, on it that covers all his bones. So I thought right, that the implication yes. was he was going to buy the boat for them to for Charles to die on, and then when Charles was dead, he would take himself out. That I think probably makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, Saddest and reason I think, to buy a boat. Yeah, God, of all the boat reasons. <laughs> and so, of course, Laura, you know, literal well, Chekhov's bullet in this case, I guess. Um, Laura kills X-24 by blowing half of his head off with this bullet and um, uh, but Logan is still dying um, impaled on the tree branch or something he's yeah he was impaled into a log and there's this huge chunk of wood sticking through him he's he's just like cut to ribbons and it's so much because she's like at his side and he's just like you don't have to fight anymore it's okay like don't be what they made you which calls back to an earlier moment when xavier was like oh she can be better than this and he's like oh you mean better than me yeah he's like actually yes yes i do mean that um and uh she calls him daddy so much um and um (laughs) yeah we both cry um (laughs) And this is really is like the most dad like the most feelings episode of dad feelings damn i know i know (laughs) (laughs) and then so they're they buried him and um she quotes you know she quotes she quotes shane and the his funeral is eulogy (laughs) and there's also that moment when he's dying um that calls that's a callback to when they're having dinner with that or when they are staying with that family and charles says to him you know, like basically, like you know, just take this in. This is what life is. Mm. And like the last thing Logan says to Laura is like, "Oh, this is what it feels like." Oh my god! <laughs> and that's when I lost it and was like, "I'm gonna wake up everybody in the building sobbing." <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, and um, the last, like the last shot before um Laura goes off to catch up with um with the other kids as like they go up to this place which which you know it is a happy ending for the kids like there is they've been communicating with people up there and there is a safe place and like you know the the bad dudes are like we can't like follow them across the border so i guess even covert military ops in this universe respect like canadian sovereignty yeah well future uh, canada is fucking badass i guess apparently apparently. fingers crossed um (laughs) Yeah, and speaking of crosses, um, she pulls this sort of makeshift cross out of the ground and turns it sideways so that it's an X um, over his grave. And, like, basically, as far as I can tell, like, the last X-Man is dead. Yeah. Fuck. Oh, God, also, that one kid has a Wolverine action figure that he's holding. He has a Wolverine action Uh... figure. 
which like all that stuff really implies that like for all of the stuff in like the first three movies about how like people hate mutants mutants are bad like mutants are a metaphor for all this oppression stuff all this stuff in this movie implies that at some point the x-men were like seen as like real heroes yeah people because if they weren't there wouldn't be like toys and comics based on them yeah like so they had achieved this this really important status and then they all died um and now wolverine's gone too and like they basically just live on in these kids yeah um, which is great and i'm glad all the kids survived i was really really glad they all survived yeah yeah there were everybody because everybody else in that whole movie died everyone wait yeah literally everyone else in that movie except the doctor except the doctor um the doctor lives, but I'm pretty sure every other character gets killed extremely violently. Yeah. I mean, unless unless we're going down to the nitty gritty of like, oh, yeah, the uh, the guy at the convenience store who wanted Laura to pay for her sunglasses. I don't think he died. Doesn't I'm pretty sure he gets killed, too, actually. <laughs> oh, fuck, because, whoops. Uh, okay. Yeah. The guy with the weird haircut, because um, I'm pretty sure the, you know, robot hands man. Uh, goes oh, in there yeah. and then like they turn the sign to closed and then it, you hear a scream okay never um, mind so he also yeah every <laughs> named character or character who appears on screen for more than a moment is is dead by the end of the movie except the kids Oof. um yeah <laughs> so Damn. the body count in this movie is extremely high um and god it's like I don't know, like, in the original X-Men movies, you had Wolverine as sort of this reluctant father figure to some characters as well. Like, uh, most obviously in the first film, which is the one that sticks out most strongly in my head, um, he is sort of this figure to Rogue. Yeah. Right? Um, and I think that is a relationship that exists in the comics as well. Uh, it's... Or do they fuck in the comics? I don't honestly remember the stuff with Rogue too well. Um there are kind of there's kind of two really really major uh wolverine as stand-in dad relationships uh in the mm -hmm. comics and it's him with kitty pride mm. uh and him with jubilee so rogue, oh, right yeah rogue isn't really a teenage girl in the comics she's a teenager oh, very she's early a grown-ass woman yeah she's yeah. a grown-ass hot babe um so but kitty is a teenage girl and her kind of coming of age story is when she goes to Japan with Wolverine, or I guess she goes to Japan on her. It's such a dumb premise. Like <laughs> she has to go fight the Yakuza in Japan because her dad, her her real dad, is in trouble with them, and then like yeah. they brainwash her to turn her into like a ninja assassin. <laughs> but Wolverine's the only one who can pull her out of it, and like, tra and then he like trains her in the ways of. I don't know, vague, like, Isn't 80s he a version samurai of... at some point or something? He's, like, well, he's, not, he's really old, right? So, yeah, he's sort yeah. of, he, like, trains her in some shit. I don't know. And then, like, he takes her to go kill the Yakuza boss who had brainwashed her, and then she can't do it. And then he's, like, yep, good. That was the test. I wanted to make sure you were really you, <laughs> because the kitty I know wouldn't be able to do it. So you really are Wait, yourself Wait, is this Kitty again. or Jubilee? This is Kitty. Okay. Um, it's confusing because Jubilee's story with him also takes place in East Asia, um, but it happens in fake Hong Kong with a hmm. different, like, 
crime boss. And <laughs> yeah, it's like weird. It's like weird and super dumb. Um, but it's done with such love for the characters that you can kind of look past the goofiness of it. I don't know. I am a big, I, I love the relationship between Wolverine and Kitty Pride. Um, apparently like there was once a plan for them to get together as a couple. And I'm really glad that didn't happen. Um, but he like calls her kiddo and short stuff. And it's like, he's so dad. He doesn't like quite call her chief or anything, but he like, he calls it. He, he like picks out these teenage girls and like teaches them how to do cool shit. I think at one point he does actually teach Kitty Pride how to like pop wheelies and shit. <laughs> um, oh, that's great. Yeah. And I understand the difference between the comics and the movies for me is you have to kind of be more explicitly warm in the comics because you don't have mm -hmm. the living performer imbuing yeah. the characters with warmth. Um, so I. I'm I actually don't have any problems with Logan and Logan being like grumpy and emotionally withholding um, just because Hugh Jackman mm -hmm. is able to imbue the character with so much kind of uh, ambient warmth regardless. Yeah. Even though like yeah, would I have liked would I have liked to see him teach Laura how to pop a wheelie or do you know do bike tricks? Hell yeah. Uh, but it, you know it doesn't really work for the tone of the movie. But in terms of, like, I don't know, uh, capturing both the kind of Western vibe that I think they were trying to go for in the Old Man Logan comics, but they just went way too grimdark, as far as I can tell. Um, yeah. With the kind of, like, grumpy dad thing from the rest of the X-Men comics. I think they combine those two things really well in a relationship that, as far as I know, doesn't exist in the comics. Um, he and Laura don't like Laura exists in the comics, but I don't that they they don't have this relationship. She's already an adult by the time they meet. Yeah. Yeah. Is this the same character that's in. Uh, the second X-Men? No, this someone else. This is somebody else. That's someone else. Okay. I, they made a lot of claw boys and girls in Weapon X. Yeah. They just put claws. I mean, I guess they got Wolverine because there are a whole bunch of failed ones, right? And then they got some of them, right? Yeah. And then uh, they made Sabretooth and um, uh, Omega Red. No, that was Russian. That was the Russians. They did that one. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, no, X-23 shows up first in... Uh, the, the, I'm sorry, the cartoon show that I can't remember the name of where they're all teenagers. Um. Oh, yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, which I actually love. X-Men Every... Teen. Yeah. X-Men Flares. X-Men Babies. <laughs> X-Men Where's Where Flares to the Mall. Um, Cargo Pants. Yeah, no, I cannot remember the name of that show. Uh, for the life of me, I apologize. <laughs> um, but basically, I think what the deal was is that Logan was, like, one of the only characters who wasn't a teen. They didn't make a teen mm. for that show, so they wanted to make, like, a teen Wolverine. So they thought, let's make her a cool girl. And then they did stuff with her in the comics. But this is my favorite Laura I've ever seen in this movie. So. Mm. Yeah. Oh, um. Before I forget, I do uh -huh. want to go back to the uh, Wolverine action figure at the end. Uh-huh. And the comics and stuff. 
because I realized at the end of the movie, like, this isn't a movie just about dads. This is a movie about having feelings about fictional dads. Huh. So it's the dad feelings. It's basically dad feelings, the movie. (gasps) Oh, my God. It's so meta. (laughs) Yeah, we did a we did a episode of show about fiction feelings about fictional dads about a movie about feelings about fictional dads. Yeah. Dad feelings squared. It's it's like it's dadception. Dadception. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I don't know. They the killing like killing Wolverine. They did that in the comics a few years ago, and I think they brought him back, which I thought was stupid. Um, because I think they did finally make Laura, well, the official Wolverine, um, instead of James Logan Howlett. Mm. But which is like a big deal because we a lot of us did grow up with Wolverine as our kind of emotionally withholding, weird, yeah. beer guzzling, violent, angry dad figure. Uh, so it is it is really meaningful and it is a really big deal for us to lose him, you know, even fictionally. So I liked the presence of the action figure there because that was part of the reason I was so sad because I, I love Wolverine. I remember going to see the X-Men movies in the theaters like those were some of the first movies I went to see by myself with my friends at the mall mm. like after school when i was in junior <laughs> high yeah god same yeah it's that's why i love a movie like this and you know i guess to a lesser extent but i don't really read them like self-contained series because in main runs of comics uh no one stays dead except uncle ben um it was uncle ben and bucky but obviously yeah it hasn't been the case for some time <laughs> Um, <laughs> yes, maybe Uncle Ben will come back as something real wacky. God, please. That'll be like the sign. That's like one of the signs of the apocalypse when Uncle Ben comes back to it's life. It's one of the seals. It's one of the fucking seals. This is the seventh seal. I just drooled on myself laughing. That's really bad. <laughs> this has been a very, like, facially wet episode. <laughs> Like the Dome of the Rock has been rebuilt a few times now, right? Yeah. Once Uncle Ben's back, that's that's the ball game as far as I'm concerned. Uh but um Sorry. Yeah, no, it's uh We did an episode on him too, if people haven't listened to that I one. I haven't, I'll check but, that out. But uh Yeah, it was good. Um yeah, this was a very good, very on brand film. Yeah. And um I'm glad you were able to join me to um, to discuss it because I couldn't think of anyone better to do that with. Oh, thanks so much for having me. And thanks for bringing it up because otherwise I would have never finished this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad also that um, deciding to do it uh, gave me a reason to, to finally watch it too because while it was oh tough to watch at points, really sad, it um it was really great. And again, yeah, I, I wouldn't have believed that you could make an X-Men movie that was like this affecting um, in a way that didn't feel like forced or um, manipulative. I did not think I would cry talking about it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, me neither. But I was proven wrong. <laughs> well done, uh-huh. folks. Uh, yeah. Well, I think that'll just about do it. Okay. Um, do you want to tell people where they can find you on the internet? Absolutely. I am on Twitter so much i'm way too online i need to be more logged off but encourage me in my terrible habits by following me my name is hunk tears and i tweet about hunks yeah awesome (laughs) so you can do that (laughs) 
Yeah, and you should. You should. You'll learn a lot. Thanks so much for having me on. This was really fun. You're so welcome. And I want to have you back before two years from now. (laughs) When when the right time happens, it'll happen. We'll do it. I believe. All right. Maybe a wrestling dab. I'm ready. (laughs) I'll be in touch. All right. Okay, cool. I'll talk to you later. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Dad Feelings is hosted by Merrick Kay and produced and edited by me, Nick Bravo. Dad Feelings is a part of Stay Me, the world's only podcast network. We're entirely listener-supported. If you enjoy the show, please consider becoming a patron of Stay Me at dadfeelings.com support. Our theme music is Swell Content by Speedy Ortiz off their album Foiled Deer. Thanks to Car Park Records and Sadie Dupuy for letting us use it. Please mention us on Twitter. We're at DadFeeling and at StayMeanCo. Or rate and review us in iTunes. We really appreciate it. Thanks for listening. <laughs>